This is the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast, where we are meeting every week to discuss living from a position of power, living with boldness, living with confidence. This is the practical podcast where we are walking out God's principles and promises to see the best manifested for our lives. You are the CEO of your life. You have the God-given power and authority to live a purpose-driven, successful life. Welcome to another episode of the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast. We are live today with a special guest, um, my husband, none other than the Perth Philip, is joining me today for a live episode of the Throne Room Thoughts Podcast. So, honey, uh, introduce yourself for those who may not know how awesome and incredible you are. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's up? Gosh. How you doing, audience? TRT is in the house. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, my name is Perth. Oh. It's not uh that's my first name. Everywhere I go, they always tell me they always call me Philip Perth. I guess Philip sounds more like a a first name. But it does. No, it doesn't. It, it does, babe. It's not with the two L's though. With the two L's is definitely our last name. Is it usually a first name only with one L? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just made that up. Did you no, just make not. up that rule? It's in the uh <laughs> the federal book of naming. <laughs> Uh, I feel like you just made that up. Look like, it up. No, seriously. Oh, okay. Two L's last name, one L first name. One L first name. Okay, my love. Just like William. That's not the case. Okay, let's that's move on. not okay. <laughs> you definitely made that one up. But okay, my love. So Perth Phillip, uh, very unique name for a very unique man. Tell us what you do, honey. Oh, who, who um, is Perth Phillip? Trying to share this thing. Um, besides the, um, besides one of the amazing um, staple fixtures behind Throne Room Thoughts. Um, I'm a music teacher, music educa- educator, um, and I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm like a lot of things, a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice, honey. And how long have you been um, working or functioning in the capacity of music teacher? Um, for about 20 years, I've been working yes. in education, mm. um, teaching at various levels, um, college level, um, you know, middle school, private instruction. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Nettie. Nettie just joined us. How are you, my love? Nettie. Who's that? Don't be like that. Honey. Oh, it's my sister-in-law. What's that? Oh, don't be like <laughs> that. It's your sister-in-love. <laughs> Nettie is our sister-in-love. She just joined us live on Facebook. We are live right now doing hey, the Throne up? Room Thoughts um, podcast, and I am live with my husband as my very special guest, just chopping it up. As I told you guys, for this season, I wanted to have guests on periodically just so that um, you guys can get a sneak peek into our conversations. I feel like my loved ones and um, my friends and stuff like that, we have like the dopest conversations, and sometimes we're like, yo, if other people could only be privy to the stuff that we talk about, because it's so, sometimes it just gets so deep and so cool, so... um so I decided that for this season, when I have my guests on, we would also go live from the Throne Room Thoughts Facebook page. So we are live and in living color right now, and we are just chopping it up, and you guys are just um, chopping it up with us. So we're here talking to you guys. Um, and for those of you who might be joining for the first time, we always start the podcast with the preaching potential quote of the day. Hallelujah. 
Um, so I am going to pass it to Perth Phillip to talk about the preaching potential quote. Now, what is preaching potential quote? A preaching potential quote is um, a saying that is catchy, that is witty, but also has life principles that we could extract from it and actually apply. I love me a good witty saying that I am able to um, actually get some real meaning out of. So we are going to let Mr. Phillip tell us what the preaching potential quote of the day is for him. Um, this quote I just found is pretty cool. It says, um, and, and I've been recently on heavy looking at finances and trying to manage that and master that. Uh, so this quote says, it's not your salary that makes you rich, it's your spending habits. And that's so true. Jesus. I think for the month of um, January, we tried to kind of allocate all our expenses. And we've, we've seen how tedious that has been to try to count every dollar. Yeah. Uh, but when you do it that way, you, you see just how much money you spend on things that really um, aren't necessary. And so yeah. I think step one is definitely controlling your spending habits. Absolutely. And um, that's the key to, um, to success. Because if you have more money, if you retain more, you have more to invest, you have more to pay off debt, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you don't have, if, you're, if your spending habits are that bad, you don't even have enough to really get on top of it. So it's like, um, I think that's a really good saying. I like that too, babe, because I think for most of us, we think that our issue is lack of money. For most of us, we think that the reason we don't have the things we want, the reason why we haven't been able to accomplish um, the things we want to accomplish is because we have a lack of money or a lack of resources. But according to your quote, it's not about money or lack thereof. It's about habits. It's about the way we look at money and the way we view um, the way we view money. Yeah. Yeah, I just started a watch party. Multitasking over here. I also multitask so pretty well. Lord Jesus, help me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think that that is um, definitely worthy of preaching potential because as um, we have read in the various um, financial books that Perth and I have been reading, you got to turn it down though, babe. Oh, you hear it? Yeah, I hear it. I don't have my headphones on. As we as we've read in the um in the various books and stuff like that that we've been um studying from and gleaning from, um money is money and managing money is a matter of knowledge and it's a matter of financial education. And for most of us, we just weren't armed with those tools and we were never given the proper guidance on how to manage money on and on how to view money. And so what I've been learning more than anything is how to retrain my thought pattern where money is concerned and where investing and spending is concerned, where value and worth are concerned, because a lot of times too, our values um, tend to be jaded and our worth tend to be wrapped up in what we have and what we can prove we have. So it's just um, it's just been a long journey and a very worthwhile journey for our family. But it's been a long journey of just trying to um, renew our minds and rewire our thinking around those kinds of things. So I really did like that preaching potential quote. And so let's get into what we are talking about today. As I said, I like to um, let people in on our very, very wonderful conversations. So we're just going to go over a couple of the various um, things that my husband and I tend to talk about. What's Natty saying, honey? Huh? I can't even see from here. Oh, she said, uh, Perth, you're looking good. <laughs> uh, she's looking good. Oh, the O is for the uh, African accent. The O is, the, yeah, yeah, the O is like an implied African thing. It's O-O, not O-H. Okay. Yeah. Don't be like that, honey. Thank you, Nettie. He is looking. Yo, Johnny. I'm he... sorry. That's a Jonathan. That's our thing. 
He is looking good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love my boo. Paula Guy. Hi, Sister Guy. How are you? Thank you for joining us. It's me and my hubby on um, a live episode of the Throne Room Thoughts podcast. Okay, babe. So listen, the first topic of discussion I wanted to talk about with you. Let's yeah. just get right into mm-hmm. it because you know you a church boy and all that. You a good church guy. I so let's... Yeah, babe, so let's get into it. Um, Testimonies. What do you think about that, honey? Because... um. Obviously, the word says we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Right. So testimonies, we know, um, just biblically speaking, are helpful to the body. They edify the body and give people a sense of hope and helps us to relate to one another. Also, because sometimes you see people and you see where they're at. You have no idea where they come from and what they've had to overcome. So you might think, oh, they, they have it all together. But through our testimonies, we're able to identify with one another and truly see how God can work in people's situations. Yeah. Um, so we certainly know that it's biblically appropriate. But what, what's your position on um, on the extent to which people should be transparent in their testimonies? I think people uh, I think people with bad intent will always have bad intent. And if you think that your information is going to make them badder <laughs> or give them more motivation to say or do wrong things, it's not true. Yeah. It's like um, your transparency. Or lack of it is not gonna is not gonna change someone who has bad motivations or bad intent. They'll find a way to still have something to say about it. And so it's like I know when it comes to testifying, people are afraid because it's like if you tell so much out, it's like yeah. oh they gonna know my business. They yeah. gonna they gonna talk about you anyway. Um, and and, and <laughs> you might as well give them something that's true. <laughs> so I, it's, I mean I just think like as you get older, like some things are just unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to if you're trying if you're still trying to go through life. Um, with people having nothing bad to say about you and uh, your name being um, like the cleanest thing is just like you're, you're wasting your time. Mm. Um, and so it's like I think testimonies help to make us relevant to each other. Yeah. And so you can say to yourself, oh, he's been through this. I've been through that too. Hey, now we can have a report. Now we can talk and now we can grow from it. I mean, that yeah. was the extent to which the, uh, to with, which the Bible and God wants us to, you know, be open. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think avoiding, trying to avoid the um, someone evil intent is just like a waste of your time. It's going to happen anyway. So it's like you might as well just, you know, move on. Yeah. Do you know what I think, too, when it comes to testimonies? Ignore it, babe. Oh, jeez. Ah! Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I was getting a call. I, I forgot to put the phone on. Do not disturb, Lord Jesus. Um, you know what I think also um, when it yes, comes to Yes, Paula test- guy. They spoke about Jesus, too. When they t- exactly. So who are we? Um, but yes, what I think when it comes to testimonies is that a lot of times we go through some really, really horrible things, some very challenging and trying times in life um, for various reasons. And sometimes we go through those things uh, very publicly and in um, in what can be embarrassing ways. What happens when you embrace your testimony and when you embrace what God is taking you through is you disarm the enemy. The enemy has a tendency to use our own issues against us and to use our own trials against us to make us feel embarrassed, isolated, ashamed, um, make us um, feel a sense of nobody understands and we can't relate to anybody. And that's a really dangerous um, thing to think and feel because it leads to us being, um, being isolated from 
from others. And we certainly need others to survive and to thrive. So what happens when we embrace what we have gone through is it allows us to um, take the power back and to write our own narrative. Sometimes we go through things in life and, um, and it's like somebody else is writing your narrative. People talk about you behind your back. People speak about you to other people. Everybody's talking about your business and know what's going on with you more than you. And so when you own your stuff, then you get to write your own narrative and you don't have to be subject to what others are saying about you. So that's what I think. So I would have to agree, honey, that um, if you're going to give your testimony, you give it and let the chips fall where they may because people going to say what they're going to say anyhow. Uh, yeah, exactly. What are you looking at, babe? Um, I'm on... Um... My husband is multitasking. I'm, on watch, I'm, I'm in a watch party. Oh, Jesus. He's My in a watch party. Is, he started a watch party on, so on Facebook. I'm addressing the PRT audience. What's the PRT audience? Perth Room Thoughts. Oh, shoot. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, PRT audience? No, How y'all doing? What did Nettie say, babe? Read her comment. Um, right. If you're going to... Talk about me, please state facts. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the me. and that's the thing. People mm-hmm. tend to Nettie is saying if you're gonna talk about me, please state facts. The least you could do is state the facts. Um, that's boring though. I know that's I so boring. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not. There's no fun in stating the facts. And then you know what the thing about it is true. Sometimes you can have facts and still not have truth. So sometimes people can Ooh. can state the facts and that still doesn't get to the heart and to the truth of the matter. Because sometimes the facts, when you just look at it at face value, um look really bad and the situation just may have there just may be more to it Mm -hmm. than the facts you can have the facts and still not have the truth so um so yeah i totally i totally get it i totally get it nanny the least you could do is be accurate if you're gonna if you're gonna discuss it um okay so let's move on honey the next thing i wanted to talk about is because you know we live in a time where they have this new phrase, um, and I don't know, maybe it's not new, but it's new to me. I I, didn't, I only started hearing it um, in more in more recent years. But mm-hmm. the phrase "church hurt," so you have people that um, go through various experiences in the church and have various um, situations that result in them either church hopping and and searching for um, a new church home or. Um, leaving the church altogether. Let's talk about how you stay steadfast, um, despite being um, maybe offended, hurt, disappointed in ministry. How do you continue to stay steadfast? Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, listen, I like to hit you with the tough one. Listen, ones. it's like <laughs> every 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 community that you're part of, you experience that level of of frustration. Yes. So you have it. Not just the church. You at you at work. You have it at work. Whatever organism, whatever you know, whatever segment yeah. of of group you're part of, you're gonna experience some level of hurt. Yeah. And so the reality is, like you know, you go to work every day. Your boss talk about you. You can't stand them kids. I'm talking about me because I love kids. Um, I, but I you, would hope so. But honey. you still, <laughs> but you still go back the next day. You see, it's because you realize there's an intrinsic value to working, whereas yeah. you're getting paid at the end of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The issue with church is people don't see the value. They don't, they don't realize the uh, the <laughs> they don't see the value. Yeah. Of staying and, it, but, and, and, and withstanding shame, all the things, but that everyone goes through it in other aspects of life, and yeah. we we deal with it fine. Right. 
it's, know, it's so interesting it's, that you said that people don't see the value guys just a side a side note um as you log on please make sure you share the video sharing is caring and we want as many people to be reached as possible so as you come on and join us please make sure you share 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 even if you can't stay on don't forget to share um but i do think it's interesting that you um that you would say that babe because um the church or the body of Christ should be the one place where you do understand the value and where you do understand what the benefit is of being in fellowship with others and and maintaining that, um, that very important relationship with other believers. But yet you get offended at work and you, some people, cause some people get offended at work and they don't show back up to work. Some people get offended at work and then they need a new job and they can't stay consistent with their employment. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, despite how we may feel about our boss, we showing up because we need that check and we have our responsibilities despite how we feel um in other walks of life we still show up um and we don't we're not so um we're not so ready and um and quick to turn our backs in those instances but um but when it comes to the church people get hurt people get offended let down and then they're like blowing the peace sign i mean yeah it's like the the church is is a place for for broken people it's a place for messed up people um, and it's certainly a place for people to be healed and for people to develop and mature. Yeah. Um, but like any like any hospital, you have various levels, and you have the what is it ICU? You mm-hmm. have the, the places yeah, where people, some are people super are messed critical. up, critical, right? <laughs> um, and the whole thing is when you walk through the door, you're open to all levels of of, of that hospital. Yeah. Same thing with the church. You walk into a church, you're open to various levels of people yeah. in, at various stages of their of yes. their walk in Christ. And so Absolutely. it's like you have to just realize what you are what you are um getting into but i think it's 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 a maturity thing yeah um and it's something that's beyond just you know church so much and re- and religion it's like people who people who struggle with this in church they struggle with it in relationships they struggle mm. with it in, at work also it's mm. like um people are People may have a bad attitude towards you people may not like you and people may love you and you just have to realize just how life is and just keep it moving. Yeah. It's like, um, if you look at Jesus, how he walked, I mean, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these guys were always after him, always had something yeah. to say, but he always was still healing. He was still loving. He was still showing people um, the right way to be. Yeah. And Despite he addressed them. always them, coming for him. And they were always Asking coming. him underhanded questions and trying to trip yeah. him up and stuff like that. Yeah. And he's the son of God. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, who are you? Absolutely. That you think you have to go... Um, worry-free into any environments yeah. like no very true very true wow what um what's Nettie saying babe um exactly perth you are 100 percent right you should write a book and a movie i will co-sign Th- babe can you please tell me what Nettie oh, said <laughs> oh, my bad. So i thought you said what she was thinking no I- she said exactly perth maturity yeah i yeah. think it comes down to hey my brother my brother's on too yeah 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 um, the church is an organization, or the church is welcome. The body D, of welcome Christ. D. Make sure you share. What did he? Well, say I think that's a question. He said, "Is the church organization, or the the church as the body of Christ?" Because there's a difference. Well, the church as the body of Christ. We're talking about the um, the intent of God. So I I get that. Um, um, unfortunately, when people get in the mix, because we're flawed, because we're mm-hmm. imperfect, when people get in the mix, um, things could get distorted. But when in the in the context of the church, we're speaking about God's original intent, the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ. Um, so yeah. So to answer your question, D, that's the that's that's our our frame of reference when we say the church. And then if you if you if you listen to what God says about how He's constantly pruning, 
and how he kind of chastises not to bang the who he loves. What? Be careful not to bang. You the can't people. handle the truth. That's oh, gonna sorry. come up on here, babe. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. A movie buff. <laughs> so it's like, uh, <laughs> what was I saying? I forgot. Something about um, God. Well, God intended. Oh, how he's always pruning us. It's like yes. sometimes these things that we deal with, it's for our growth. Like I've been through yes. many, many things and many hurtful things. Yes. And I've, I've done hurtful things and it's like you can't live and not learn. Yeah. Like it's, it's, a, waste to, it's a waste of life yeah. to make a mistake and go through something and just not learn. Like you have to um, embrace the error and the, the life you have to, to move on and to make yeah. a change. And so even in church, God is pruning us and trying to, you know, make us stronger and make us more mature. Yeah, probably you know? all the more in church. Yeah, yeah, especially so, yeah. Yeah. My word that God put on my spirit for this, um, this season of my life, I don't want to say this year because it's, a, you know, there's 12 whole months and seasons change, but for this season in my life, God has put the word capacity um, in my spirit. And so certainly being... Um, um, in our current state and coming out of the, the season we just came out of, um, I am learning the importance of having increased capacity for all things, the, the capacity for love, the increased capacity for patience, the increased capacity for understanding, because it's through understanding that you begin to, um, to differentiate between a person's issues and what their struggles are and what their shortcomings and, 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 and things are versus wait this is an issue with me. So sometimes we, we interact with people and they treat us certain ways and naturally our first instinct is like, why are they treating me like this? Why are they doing this to me? Why did they speak to me like that? Like, what did I do to deserve this? But through increased capacity and understanding, I'm getting to know when it has nothing to even do with me. When I just happen to be on the other end or the receiving end of something, but it has really nothing to do with me and more about where the individual is in their life and it, at the, the place that they're at with their maturity level. Yeah. And so when you say increased capacity, like what's the what's what's that mean practically? Like what, what does that mean? So increased capacity in a practical level means your ability to withstand. Right. So your ability to adapt to something and contain whatever that something is. So if you struggle with patience, then your capacity to deal with conflict is going to be low. Your capacity to rebound from conflict is going to be low. Your capacity to relate to others is going to be low, meaning capacity simply meaning your ability is going to be low. Um, but when your capacity begins to increase, then so does your tolerance level. So does your ability to be able to contain whatever that thing is and your ability to be able to move and flow with whatever that thing is. So when I speak about capacity, that is the way it plays itself out practically. You are better able to um, to stand your ground and be steadfast, whereas in certain other situations, maybe you would have fled the scene or maybe you would have copped out because you just can't deal and you don't want to have to deal. With increased capacity, I'm learning to be able to not only deal, but deal well and not, you know, pout, not have a bad attitude, not roll my eyes, not, you know, mumble and grumble about things, but um, but learning how to navigate things and be of good cheer in the process yeah because when i when i think when i think of in, increased capacity so i'm thinking all right you have a, a bag right and that bag you have full of, of pebbles right yeah and so if you increase your capacity that means you're making more room for more pebbles yeah so if you struggle with patience <laughs> and you're increasing your capacity for, for patience that means you're making more room 
for situations to, to test your patience? That's a fact. Oh, okay. And you know, I never thought of it like that. I absolutely never thought of it like that. Message. But what I have, um, what I have learned is that if you're asking God to do something, I have been asking God for the longest to, um, give give me the ability to be more patient right to increase my patience i declare over myself that i am um quick to listen slow to speak and 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 slow to get angry right so as i make these declarations what happens is situations present themselves for me to prove that i'm about that life so you can't just ask god what i've learned through my maturity is you can't just ask god to relieve you of something or to deliver you from something or give you something without being tested and tried in that area so it's like oh god help me be more patient Patience is not the absence of trouble. Patience is not the absence of issues. Patience is being able to endure and be of good chair while you're going through. So, um, so yeah, just like you said, babe, situations will definitely present themselves for me to demonstrate my increased capacity in that area, which totally sucks, but um, <laughs> it's a good opportunity for you to um, flex your muscle in that in that space. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and so I think it's important that because we we're in a day and age where people just like to. Uh, to recite mantras, you know, and it's like, yes, and give me increase, 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 increase. And it's like, what are you asking for? <laughs> and do you, real, do you realize what it takes for the increase? Do you realize Ooh, what, child, the, you better what the space the space that you're making, what you're making it for? And so yeah. it's like, you have to realize that yeah, it's going to be more coming. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not just so much... Um, it's not just so much the, the, the capacity, but it's also just your bearing to hold mm. it. Cause mm-hmm. you could, you could, the bag will get heavier. But if you mm-hmm. can't handle the weight you have now, yeah. you're asking for increase. You're gonna fall. Yeah. So it's not. It's, it's the strength to, it's the strength to maintain that bag of pebbles. It's the strength yeah. to maintain what you're holding. And so that's what you have to also think about, and what you also have to yeah. seek, seek and search God for. As you, yeah, absolutely. As you grow out. Absolutely, I would, I would have to agree. And so, um. So, yeah. So needless to say, my prayers are lit because I not only need the capacity, but as my husband said, I need the um, the strength. So my muscles have to be flexed in the process. There's no other way to develop that strength and endurance without the muscles being flexed and the muscles can't be flexed without tests and trials. So make sure you stay connected through this podcast, through the website. I'm on IG, Throne Room Thoughts. I'm on um, Facebook at The Throne Room. So, um As usual, it is a privilege and an honor to talk with you guys and be blessed. And of course, I can't be blessed. And of course, be a blessing. Bye. Bye, guys. Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com.